welcome to episode 53 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, editor-in-chief at fanbolt.com. I am Matt Rodriguez, the owner-in-chief editor of shakefire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney with Last One to Leave the Theater.com and ATLCW.TV. And I put together our outline 10 minutes ago, so I'm really excited about it. <laughs> but I wanted to talk through some of the events that we have attended in the last week, um, starting out with last night's uh, comic cosplay. I keep wanting to call it Project Comic Cosplay. We should, um, just, we should just combine it into one giant thing. One event. Oh, my gosh. I said that on video last night, too. And I was like, no, wrong event. Um but yeah, we had Comet cosplay at the Comet Pub and Lanes Indicator last night, and it was a pretty good turnout. Like it was good. Yeah, it was fun. I was, I was, I was, I was surprised how many people showed up. I mean, just for, because it was the very first one in yeah, costume, Mike. Yeah, yeah, Mike. <laughs> I had a limited edition Conan <laughs> O'Brien T-shirt on. That's not a costume. Yeah, that's it's a, a limited edition Conan O'Brien T-shirt. <laughs> it's it's a costume to me. <laughs> So, um, in honor of Mike dressing up in his limited edition t-shirt, we decided to call our team and Mike, because it's, we were all in costumes, and then there was Mike. And then <laughs> <So>. Mike. <laughs> Who had a limited edition Conan t-shirt on. Sure. <laughs> um, but you guys both did pretty well at bowling. I mean, Mike, you did pretty well one time at bowling. I did. The second game, I got over 100, so I was happy with that. And actually got a few strikes in, in like, three or four spares, so. Nice. Yeah. No, it was fun. Yeah, I, I was routinely over 100. <laughs> Except for that last game, which we shall not speak about. <laughs> I just, I sucked at all of them, so I really yeah. got nothing You to got say. a strike. What was it? Your first frame, right? Yeah, my, that first, was a strike. my very first frame was a strike. And then I got one more strike. And then that was and then it. it was just all downhill from it there. It was all gutter balls from there on out. <laughs> and then another was, friend of ours, another friend of ours hit like, I don't know how many times she hit the front pin. I mean, you would think it would have been perfect and there would be one or two pins left standing almost every time. Yeah. I think it's because we're not, we're not throwing it hard enough. Like it needs to be more speed and it needs to be a heavier ball. I think we were all kind of going with eights and tens just because we could throw them faster but i have faith that we will get better at this because we are going to be doing it the first monday of every month and um, we're gonna have a bunch of stuff going up online about it soon Uh, but it is 25 dollars for season one of comic cosplay which gets you um, three games of bowling and a pair of shoes um, for June, July, and August, again, the first Monday of each of those months. So it's a pretty good deal. And then we're going to, of course, have drink specials and a costume contest and prizes and lots of fun stuff. So it's a, a pretty cool, pretty cool event. Yeah. And you don't yeah, have to have, have five people for a team. Like a team is five people, but you'll meet a bunch of people there who don't have full teams. So you can, if you don't have a team, come on down. We'll find you one. Exactly. And the, and the guy that was dressed as a Ghostbuster with the full outfit, including the backpack, um, was the winner for me because he bowled in it. He did yeah, bowl in it. Impressive. He should have. He should have entered the contest. He didn't enter the contest. Well, no. <laughs> did you see? This didn't have anything to do with uh, pro. Ah, now you got me. See, saying yeah, Project, Project Comic Cosplay. 
comic cosplay, but um, did you see the the lady bowling with a baby strapped to her chest? Yeah, that was uh, that was impressive. <laughs> that that was the most impressive thing I saw. <laughs> uh, it was a fun night, and there were some fun. really really good some really good costumes. Uh, most of the people that had really great costumes didn't enter the the costume contest. It was. We had a few that were down there. That whole group that had the uh, the Ghostbusters costume, and then there were a couple of others in that that group. The Ewok was in that group. Um, so we're gonna have to do a better job at making sure people know they can enter the contest next time. Yeah. But um, it's definitely a fun event, and it's a great way to meet friends and kind of uh, just geek out over over stuff. And not only not only that, the Comet has got a great selection of beer. And uh, really good food also, uh, especially their pizzas. Yeah. yeah, their pizzas looked really good, says the girl who just <laughs> went gluten-free. And all I wanted to do was stuff that pizza in my face last night. But <laughs> so goes it. Um, well, speaking of nerdy things, we also had the infamous San Diego Comic-Con Hotel Lottery last week, which if you've ever been to Comic-Con and you've partaken in the hellish event that is the hotel lottery um you know what we're talking about this year was actually a lot better than previous years so um mike and matt both got to do it for their first time and uh had a pretty successful experience considering you guys actually got hotels and probably 90 percent of the people i know that partook in the lottery didn't get anything yet which means they're not going to get anything unless people cancel yeah i mean it seems like people have oversold how terrible it is to me. Granted, oh. I don't want to say that because oh. it's only been the first year. <laughs> and it's like, I was kind of worried because I was like, this was really easy. Like, there was no, it's like, oh, this isn't a big deal. But then, you know, like, yeah, I, I keep hearing people like, oh, how they didn't get hotels. And so, like, I'm kind of, I'm still hesitant because they're like, uh, what's going on? <laughs> well, no, and we're both Matt and I are both speaking on the fact that uh, neither of us have been approved yet for a press pass. <laughs> so we're kind of we were kind of gambling on there on on getting it. So if you're listening, some hotels might free up. If you don't get <laughs> Just accepted. might. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to bail on our deposits. I will say in previous years, um, the two really bad experiences, it used to be timed. So as soon as they opened the um, the quote-unquote online waiting room, um, it was whoever got their form in the fastest, which meant if you didn't have your form in in under 25 seconds, you weren't going to get a room. Um, and you had to go through and pick out all of your hotels, and the hotels would often be named differently than they were on the original sheet. So, like, mm. um, the Courtyard Marriott Hotel would be, like, Marriott Courtyard Hotel, or, like, you know, subtle differences like that. Yeah. But when you're trying to get a foreman in 25 seconds and find names, uh, you know, yeah. based upon alphabetical order, it's a nightmare. Oh, I'm sure. And then, um, I think it was last year, it was either last year or the year before, um, the worst version uh, or the worst hotel apocalypse we ever had. Um, there were three different versions of the form. So um, there was one that uh, like just it, it didn't load at all for people, so they couldn't submit anything. Then there were other people that were able to submit with one hotel and you're not supposed to be able to submit with less than six hotels. And then there was another one that like messed up everyone's timestamps. So it, it's 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 been bad. In yeah, the that past. that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> it's very stressful. And, yeah. 
But and I um, mean, like, I didn't even like get any of the ones I picked actually, which I found surprising. Because, like, I mean, I got in pretty much immediately into the the selection form, and so, um, but yeah, like, cause the email told me it's like, oh, you don't get any of your top selections. But here's what we found for you. And it actually turned out to be a pretty alright hotel, so I'm I'm excited. You should be. Like it's a, it's a good thing to get a hotel from this whole thing. Um, if you have been or have not been to Comic Con but are planning to go in the future and partaking in this uh, hotel lottery, just know that it is really a good idea to have multiple browsers open trying to get into the waiting room because it's all randomized now. So having a couple of different options would definitely help. Um, that's yeah. the best words of advice I can offer to, to anyone. And then um, you can only submit one form. So just go with the one that gets in first. Yeah. See, and I think that you helped alleviate a lot of this stress too, because you know, you told me all those things to do and so that made everything easier so it's just like okay like do this do yeah, this do I, this I think all, no big deal i think all my uh, all my browsers actually had i got me in um, that i had, had opened so i had kind of my pick well which one to do that's nice <laughs> I, had, I had one that still wasn't open like 10 minutes afterwards and i was like well thank god i had options <laughs> watch like a year from now we're going to be on the podcast. You're going to be like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, what were we thinking last year? <laughs> It'll happen. Mark my words. It will happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but moving along, uh, we got to do something super cool on Sunday as well. Uh, there was a premiere for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 here in Atlanta at the Fox Theater. And all three of us were on the red carpet. And got to talk to a bunch of people none of which were actually in the film which was a little sad there was no cast um but we did have um let's see i'm going through the list now trying to remember which one of these people we actually had uh we had david grant who was a vp of physical production at marvel lee thomas who was the georgia film commissioner burt brantley who is the coo of the georgia economic development agency and uh, then we had some more people that are not on this list. I know we had the assistant yeah. director for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah, that was Lars Winther. Yep, yep. He was there. We talked to him. And was really, That was probably our most, our best interview. It was. Yeah, it's, uh, well, we talked to David Grant a little. Well, oh, uh, also the um, EP, who is also not on this list, the EP for Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, we talked a little bit to um, very briefly. Charles New Newworth. We'll go that's, with that. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just gonna let someone else mess up names. It'll be great. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, Lars. Definitely was I think the most informative out of all of the interviews. Um, and we talked to him a little bit about sets that were used in. In volume two, which we'll get into a little bit in the Georgia recognition factor part of our review of the film, but um, not a lot of Georgia recognition in that movie, um, unless you've been to Cartersville before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is space. It's so space. yeah, I mean, it, we're not. Expecting. It would have been all shot on the sound stages practically, right? So for a couple of scenes, right. Um, so yeah, that was that was pretty cool. And then um, I believe it was David Grant told you, Matt, that Marvel's not going anywhere, right? Was that yeah. David Grant? 
Um, yes, I believe, yeah. That was David Grant who was saying how much they love Atlanta and Georgia and filming here and that, yeah, they're not going to be going anywhere. So I actually have an article up online at shakefire.com already that you can read about how Marvel Studios, how they love us, love Georgia, and that they're not going to be going anywhere. So check that out. It'll be cool to see a volume three films here. Um, I venture to say it would because I think James Gunn really likes Atlanta too. So. Yeah, and I imagine, and I imagine just the logistics of it. Like, they, I'm assuming they still have like all the sets and stuff, and probably right. somewhere in storage. And rather than move that to a different studio or anything, it's just bring it out of storage back it here. At right, Pine and the, well, the other thing, the other thing they brought up a lot about was the fact that they were able to use the same crews. So um, the director, you know, is, is really knows his crew by that second film of, you know, the second Guardians. He really knew who to depend on and, and who was going to do what and when. And that, that was one of the, I think, one of the key factors of, of coming back here to Georgia and coming back to, well, to Pinewood. Well, that's, the fact that's that, for Atlanta or Ant-Man because the first well, Guardians wasn't right. filmed here. So. Right, right. You're, right. But that's, but, but that's one of the things that a lot of people brought up. Um, was the fact that um, they were getting the same crews for a lot of their lot of the films, and yeah. so therefore, um, it was much easier to to work with everybody. Yeah, yeah, that was. Um, I mean, I think that's something that's really cool too. It's kind of developing the the crew market here, so they don't have to bring people in from LA. And I know that's something that. Um, you know, like the Georgia Film Commissioner and um, the economic development guy um, both talked a lot about. Um, but that just always makes the machine run smoother, right? When you when the crew all knows each other and they can kind of go from one film to the next film to the next film, it just it's and it's not all new people for every production. It just makes things a lot easier, I would assume. Yeah. Well, not only that, but just knowing where everything is in inside a studio. I mean, that's got to make more much more efficient right uh, for those crews to work because they know where everything is they don't have to have a map or figure out where everything is exactly so. exactly um so yeah that was that was pretty cool and uh when we were leaving actually uh matt and i saw a uh, walking dead cast member that we had actually <laughs> seen at the captain america premiere so i won't say well we could probably say who yeah you want to say who Go ahead. I don't want to mess up his last name. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I had, I don't even remember. Uh, I think it's his, I think you name. say it Ross McQuand. McQuand? He we'll plays just say Ross. Ross. We saw Ross from The Walking Dead. Um, yeah. He plays Aaron on the People show. People will know who that is. <laughs> People expect me to mess up names. Um, but he's a really, really nice guy. And... Um, He's here already for production. I assume. I don't. I don't know if he lives yeah. here during the off season or not. But um, he is. He is back in Georgia, and they're getting ready to go into pre production on the next season of Walking Dead. So I'm sure we'll be seeing a bunch of them around town. Yeah. And the, and the other thing that got me was the size of the audience because this was a this was a limited to uh, cast and crew of the Marvel films. Yeah. Um, and. I mean, the place was packed. And what I loved was at the end of the, <clears throat> at the end of the movie, 
when individual names came up and people started clapping and hooting and hollering for you know people they knew, I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that, that was my favorite thing um, when Matt and I went to the Captain America premiere. It's just everyone kind of staying and um, and even kind of laughing at things. There wasn't really anything in in this one because the movie itself was just really funny, um, but when there would be things that wouldn't be funny to someone that you know didn't know the the production and 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 wasn't a part of the production but like you'd hear a pocket of people laugh and then you're like oh there's some sort of inside joke with like the filming of that scene or the production yeah. of that scene um or but- just just the fact that they're there to actually see the credits and not just for the the after credit scenes exactly exactly um but speaking of all of that, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into our review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Um, let's start with uh, our official Atlas review. Our first point is boredom factor. Uh, for me personally, I wasn't bored at all. I don't know about you guys. I'd, I'd give it a one. Give it a there one. was a little bit of little bit of boredom, kind of in the the second half of the second act. I would say. Okay, but I mean, I'm gonna yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I'd give it a one. Um, <clears throat> there, there's definitely a couple in that second, that second, uh, second half. There's a couple of slow paces, um, and it, there's a little, also a little bit of repetition with Drax. I mean, I loved. Well, I thought Drax was one of the characters besides Baby Groot that we all know is going to steal every scene that Baby Groot's in, but I thought Drax was uh, really also stealing a bunch of scenes. But the fact that he laughs at everything um, just it got got to me just a, a little, little, bit. little overdone. Yeah, I can understand yeah. that. I loved every everything he did, <laughs> but yeah, I can understand that. I mean, he he stole the first film for me, so I was glad to see more of him in this. Yeah, now you're not going to steal the movie from Baby Groot. No. I mean, it's no way possible. It's just not. It's not doable. Yeah. Well, I guess we already got Mike's best performance locked in. <laughs> I think that's fair. Baby Groot was. Um, God, Baby Groot was so good. So adorable. So adorable. He needs to be in every and, movie. Like just. And not only every that. Movie. Not only that, but you're you're. I was looking for Baby Groot in some scenes. I was just like, okay, where is Baby Groot? When is Baby Groot gonna? <laughs> I appear? know. I was like, when are they gonna go back to Baby Groot? It's been like five minutes without Baby Groot. I need him back in my life. <laughs> um. All right. So eye rolling factor. Um. You mentioned one thing that kind of annoyed you. Annoyed you, Mike. Uh. Would you say that affected your eye rolling? Um, I no, it didn't. It didn't. As far as I wouldn't say that. Um, I had a I had a blast watching this movie, and it was great watching with such a large crowd. Um, in fact, there's a couple of times I've got to see it again because there's a, there's a, there was a bunch of lines that I missed because the crowd was laughing so hard. I thought that at the too. first line. Yeah. Um. So I I didn't really have any any eye rolling. Um, so are you yes, giving it a zero? Yep. Well, I think that's the first zero you've ever given it in our (laughs) our review uh, structure here. Because Mike's always been very precise (laughs) to not go outside the the review boundaries, unlike Emma and I. (laughs) I know no boundaries. (laughs) Uh, What about you, Matt? Um, Yeah, I can't really think of anything that had me rolling my eyes in the film. Yeah, same know. here. I'd, I, I would give, it, give a it a zero. zero. Yeah. 
Unanimous. Zeros across the board. I like it. Um, so yeah, best performance. I'm definitely gonna say Baby Groot. I'm I'm gonna be an outlier here. So what hear me out. Doing? All right. I'm gonna say Bradley Cooper as Rocket. <laughs> All right. Because I think he has done an amazing job at you know distancing distancing himself as you know Bradley Cooper the actor, and then because whenever I see Guardians, I see Rocket raccoon as rocket raccoon like i don't see bradley cooper at all yeah which is weird for someone like as high profile as him that's true and that's true. i i love rocket i mean yes i love baby group more but <laughs> rocket is still pretty awesome so Rocket's i'm gonna give there. it to bradley cooper yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to baby group just because literally like i said i was looking every time that I couldn't see Baby Groot. I was trying to figure out where Baby Groot was. Um, and so, if you so love question, Baby Groot... Are you giving it uh, to the animators, or are you giving it to Vin Diesel? No, I'm not giving it to Vin Diesel. Yeah, Come on. Vin Diesel, the animators. Yeah. Please. Oh. Yeah. It, maybe, maybe he did the motion capture. Could he do? I doubt Would it. They? I doubt it. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Maybe he did. It's just, uh, it's hard to picture I, Vin Diesel I, if, being adorable. If he did, but... I, would, I would love to see video of that. Just <laughs> Be to some see extra... Vin Diesel doing those motions. Yeah, the DVD extras. Uh, that's what I, I want to see on it, if that's what happened. That would be... Well, Sean, Sean Gunn does Rocket, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He does, yeah, the motion capture for Rocket. So. Yeah. And this it's is a, a really big movie for... For Sean Gunn and for Michael Rooker, um, yeah. they both have pretty pretty big roles in it. Um, Michael Rooker, especially. I mean, this this film is yeah. pretty pretty heavy on the Rooker. Well, yeah. Like I remember, I read an interview today that somebody did with um, Rooker, and how they're saying like even I think James Gunn has said like this is Michael Rooker's movie. Like yeah. Michael Rooker is the main character of this movie. So. It's no surprise that he it, has such a big prominent role in it. Yeah, no, definitely. It feels pretty, um, almost, not quite equal, but almost equal with just the amount of time that we, we saw Chris Pratt on screen. Um, yeah. So that's that's huge for him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see now with the conventions, the kind of spread of fandom now. Who's going to be, is it going to be more Guardians fans or is it going to be more Walking Dead fans or um, kind of see how his uh, fan base changes and evolves because of this yeah uh but moving along uh worst performance who would you give worst performance to pass come yeah, back to there's, me there's not really a bad performance in this um it's hard to, hmm. to pick someone that uh i i don't really have anything I mean, usually for this, when it when it when it's like an ensemble like this, it usually comes down to like who has the least amount of screen presence. Right. I guess I wasn't totally feeling Karen Gillian as Nebula. Maybe that would probably well, she, be... she she doesn't have have as much to do exactly. in this one. Yeah, she just kind of um, feels tacked on. Like you could have done yeah. you could have done this movie without her. Well, um, and, and and originally they they meant to kill her off in the first one. So. Yeah. I remember hearing about that, yeah. They did. 
so maybe that was a little bit of a problem is that then they did that because the fan reaction to her was so good and for whatever reason um james gunn decided to let her live um maybe they had a harder time trying to figure out how she fit in this second second film yeah i mean i can i can understand like where they were trying to go with it with the whole family theme of the film right right so yeah it makes sense, maybe, but like they I don't know, needed maybe to expand little, upon it more, right? Or, or maybe maybe not have her in this one just because it's too it was too much. Yeah, right, right. Um, so Georgia recognition factor. We kind of talked about this um, already. There's a <laughs> there's a handful of scenes. Um, most of them are at the beginning, and then I think there's like two later on that are Cartersville. And there's a Dairy Queen in Cartersville. And then uh, <laughs> yeah. what I'm going to assume is like the, the main street of Cartersville. I haven't been to Cartersville, um, but uh, it looks kind of like any town, any small town USA from from what they they showed in the film. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you work at that Dairy Queen, you're going to be you're going to be very happy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're you're going to get swamped. Probably. <laughs> you're going to get some business. Probably. I would hope so. I, I don't know how far away Cartersville is from Atlanta. So I don't know for for fans wanting to go up there. Um, how much of a how much of a drive it actually is. I'm looking that yeah. up now, actually. For like a two second scene, too. Yeah. <laughs> so. so short. I remember when they were filming up there, though. Um, so it's north of it's north of Kennesaw, so it's it's a little it's not super far from Atlanta. If you're in Atlanta and want to go check out that Dairy Queen, because um, <laughs> you know, gotta get that from Blizzard. That's <laughs> film what they locations. Got. Are, they need to do a special kind of Blizzard for Guardians. They no, Guardians. They are doing they are doing a special uh, Blizzards for Guardians. Oh, they are. Are they? Yeah. Well, good. That's why Dairy Queen's in that movie. All right. Because they are doing it. I thought they were in the movie because it takes place in the 80s and nobody goes nope. to Dairy Queen anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you, I do on road trips when I'm like, I really want a blizzard, but I, I never Matt, actually get food there. Yeah, and Matt, well, see, you need to go to a Dairy Queen in Texas. Why? They're Dairy Queen, why? Because they're actually different than the Dairy Queens from the rest of the country. They're their own Dairy Queens. They have barbecue? And in a lot of towns... I'm sorry. Do they have barbecue. Um, actually, some of them do. They do all sorts of stuff. It's it's the, they're very very different in Texas, and they're in a lot of small towns. The Dairy Queen is the center of the town. Is that classic? Where everybody as a Dairy goes. Queen, though. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're they're, they're um, instead of belonging to the Dairy Queens of America, they belong to the Dairy Queens of Texas. It's its own owners organization. It's very unique. There's been a bunch of stories written about it. You can look it up on online about the okay. Texas Dairy Queens. Well, I look forward to um, exploring that with you in June when we are in Austin, Mike. <laughs> you can- All right, we'll have to go to we have to you go to do a Texas tour Dairy of the Dairy Queens. Queens. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Um, it is about 43 miles north of the city, um, so about an hour drive. That's yeah. a long way to go to a Dairy Queen. It's a long way <laughs> yeah. to go to a Dairy Queen. This is true. Well, I'm sure you could see the, the main street that they yeah. feature in the film, too. You can, so. you can yeah. run down that street, too. Check it out. Take, <laughs> take some photos. <laughs> no spoilers here, guys. <laughs> um, maybe venture into the forest. Yeah, maybe maybe just take a little walk through the woods. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, overall for you guys um, one to five on the Atlas scale what would you give Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 
Uh, I would go with an Atla four, ATLA. You know, I I still think I enjoyed the first one more. Um, first one definitely has a better soundtrack. This one's good, but not as good. <laughs> Weren't feeling the Hoff. <laughs> the Hasselhoff. The Hasselhoff. Oh, no, I I I love the Hasselhoff. That was that was good. But um, but yeah, I mean, I liked it. I kind of wanted a little bit more out of it, but it was still great. It's a fun ride. The visuals are amazing. I will say though. They are. It's definitely probably um, one of the movies that's worth checking out in 3D. Yeah. And I hate to say um, it, there was some purple. I saw there, some purple. There was some purple. Um, it was funny when we were watching it. Every time I saw purple on the screen, I like leaned over and like said purple <laughs> to Matt. Um, because like James Gunn made this huge thing about how this film was going to be more blue because he felt like there was too much of the color purple in the first film. So he was not going to use the color purple in this. Um, so, what did Oprah ever do to him? Uh, right? Who knows? But uh, well, I'd, I would give it. A, I would give it a four. Also, um, I. But I think this is this film is uh, funnier than the first one. I agree. Um, I I enjoyed the. I enjoyed the first. You know, it's all. It's very few films can do a sequel um, and and do as well or better. Um, you know, there's very few. Uh, uh, movies in history that the sequels have been equal or better um, and that's really really hard to do because you now know the characters and in the first one we didn't know any of these characters unless you read the comic books which I read them a long long time ago but I had forgotten almost everything about them um, so every everything was brand new to me and all the all the eccentricities of Star-Lord and all the other characters uh, was just fascinating the first one, and now you're you're you actually know what these characters are like and what what they their their reasoning behind what they do, uh, so that newness is just not there. So that's that's why I'd give it a four instead of a five. But I had a blast watching it. And it was so, it's really really funny. Um, I'm not totally crazy about the main villain. And I won't go in any, anything else because I'd have to go into spoilers. But um, that's my other reservation about this film is I'm not totally happy with the main villain. But you know what? They This was a blast to watch and it was so much fun. It was. It was a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to give it a 4.5 because I like to do that. And remember how when Jakai was here, I used to do point fives um, and then try to make him say it um but yeah no at i at la. Um, yeah, <laughs> i loved it i thought it was um it's exactly what you want it to be it's funny it's fun it's visually stunning um everyone does a really great job and it's just i don't know what else to say other than it's a really fun movie and it's it's what we've become accustomed to for marvel and um, with this being, you know, one of the initially lesser known, um, you know, a, a titles from Marvel, I've always been kind of more into it just because it doesn't feel, I mean, it's, it is mainstream. It obviously is mainstream now. It's hugely successful. It is now. It wasn't when the first one came out. But it, it, there's still something about it that feels a little yeah. indie to me, which I really like um, that you don't get with, you know, 
um, the Avengers or, or with any of the or, or Spider-Man or and I imagine that you know there'll be there'll be ones in the future that kind of feel that way to me too um, but it is definitely something where at this point everyone knows Groot and Star-Lord and, <laughs> and all of these characters and, and the basic premise of it but uh, I really loved it so it's definitely um, my pick for what people should go see this weekend oh yeah definitely I mean, um, is anything else even coming out this? I don't think anything else is coming out this weekend. Yeah, there's there's only in Atlanta area. There's a couple of smaller films that are coming out. Um, um, one uh, one's an animated film um, that's called. Uh, it's got a great title. Um, it's called "My Entire High School Sinking into the Sea," and basically <laughs> that's the plot of the movie. Is that uh, high, it's a bunch of high school kids that are in a high school that sinks into the sea, and they're trying to survive. And then there's a, another film called The Dinner uh, that's got a great cast um, called uh, that Richard Gere, Rebecca Hall, uh, Steve Coogan, and Laura Linney in. Um, that's a drama um, about um, two um, married couples and their kids have committed a crime and not gotten caught. And the, these two couples are meeting um, at this high-priced dinner uh, at this restaurant to uh, discuss how to proceed. Um, I've got a screener for it. I just haven't watched it yet. Although, by the time you listen to this, there will be a review on lastonetoleavetheater.com. Well, there you go. Well, I think what's most exciting for all of us is that this weekend is going to knock the baby boss or the boss baby out of the top five which we've been waiting to happen for five weeks now five weeks we've been waiting for it to happen that movie Um, there will be a new baby in town and his name is Groot (laughs) the best baby of all the babies Um, God, baby Groot needs his own spinoff man like I I uh I made the the comment coming out of coming out of the film. It's like you know I'm not gonna mind if like Groot gets killed in like future future films because then we're just gonna go back to Baby Groot and it's gonna be awesome. And he could totally have his own solo movie and I would love it. I would that'd be like my favorite movie of the year. But um, but yeah. So the box office results from the weekend: The Fate of the Furious is still. Hanging in there, um, it brought in 19 million over the weekend and is uh, up to 193 million for total domestic gross in its third week. Um, and worldwide. Worldwide, what is it? I don't have a. It 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 passed a billion. I'm not surprised, man. That franchise. <laughs> like, it's insane. It is insane. Who knew that eight movies later that this film franchise would still be going and be as popular as ever it's insane it is insane i mean it's yeah yeah um but going on to the other ones i haven't even heard of the the second and the third film um how to be a latin lover came in second and then there's like a bollywood film that i'm not even gonna try to say that's in third oh come on emma no (laughs) i heard about that one i know i know what you're talking about the conclusion. <laughs> Bahubali 2, the conclusion. I'm probably saying that totally wrong. Um, but yeah, that's unusual to see. So I think that kind of... I mean, we've we've been without a uh, a big movie here for a couple of weeks, so it's it's not surprising well, to see some of the ones that have a, a lower theater count, like um, 
uh, that that film is only in 425 theaters. So, and it came in third. Yeah, this 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 uh, past weekend was one of the worst weekends um, in a long, long time. Um, obviously, this next weekend with won't be, but um, yeah, that that uh, that is one of the worst worst weekends that uh, they've had in in quite a bit. Um, uh, how I how to be a Latin lover? Uh, the guy that stars in it, Eugenio Derbez, um, is a huge star in Mexico. And he had another movie about three years ago, um, Instructions Not Included, that did it did the best um, Spanish. Um, that that was all Spanish speaking uh, film um, in America ever of all time. Um, and then this one is they have English. It's in it's partially in English because there's a, a pretty big cast um, of like people like Rob Lowe, Selma Hayek's in it, but it's also Spanish uh, spoken in it also. Um, so, and it's a comedy. And like I said, the guy is like one of the most popular entertainers. In fact, I think Variety named him a couple years ago the number one Hispanic entertainer in, in the North America. So cool. there's a little bit of background on that. Very cool. Um, the Circle also came out this week and we probably should have done a review of that one um but well, Mike mike's sounded, the only one only one mike's who's the only seen, one that's the only seen one it um it did not do well it only brought in nine million over the weekend although its budget its production budget was only 18 million so maybe maybe it didn't do so bad in, in that regard but uh you weren't a fan of it were you mike no i was not i gave it uh, my second lowest uh, rating um that i give which is cable um, it's directed by James Ponsolt, who I love, and he's a Georgian native. He grew up in Athens. Um, he did some incredible movies, uh, One, a movie called Smash, a movie that's one of my favorite of all time, The Spectacular Now. Um, and then uh, last year, or the year before last, he came out with The, the End of the Tour. Um, um, and all three of those films were great films. This film just doesn't work from the get-go. Uh, the main character just is an idiot. <laughs> and she stay, remains an idiot until the very end, and all of a sudden she becomes smart. Um, so I, I just was, I was highly disappointed in it. Apparently also the book's really good. I, I, I talked to a bunch of people that were very disappointed because they loved the book, so... Yeah, that's always interesting to that's, kind of see. That's probably how, why they didn't screen it for critics. Probably, <laughs> although it premiered it premiered at a uh, Tribeca, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Premiered at Tribeca, but uh, it has not gotten good reviews anywhere. I, I think it's like at twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. Well, um, so that's kind of everything up until now. And then, of course, we'll have we'll have Guardians out on Friday when when this podcast releases. Um, but next week, we're going to have some more reviews for you, including Snatched and King Arthur, and maybe a couple a couple more, depending on when we record. <laughs> we have a busy week next week, so we do. Yeah, if, Lots for of films for to everybody see. out there, we've we've only had one screening in the past two weeks, and that was the Guardian screening, um, which is highly unusual. I mean, we usually get that. Um, during the Christmas holidays and maybe during a couple other holiday weekends where um, they don't want to schedule stuff during a holiday. But for 
that that to happen that's amazing i was i was having to really scramble to to find some other smaller films to, to review um so it's pretty unusual well we'll be we'll be back to normal next week with with multiple reviews um yeah i see i see five films in six days next week <laughs> back to normal life for mike or I should say yes. normal life for Mike is like four films in one day, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, do you guys have anything else, uh, coming up to tease for, for next week's episode? Not that anything I can think of. Um, I mean, there's some stuff coming up down the road. That's going to be interesting. You got, um, you know, we were talking about, um, uh, conventions and you've got Momocon at the end of this month um, here in Atlanta. Um, that that is always a fun thing, and if you're into gaming or anime or cosplay, it's it is an event you want to go to um, because it is. Just, it, I was I'm not a gamer, but I was amazed. You can't believe the amount of space that they devote to gaming. It's an incre- incredible amount, and they have no matter what game you're into, they're going to have it at this thing. That's the other amazing thing. So that's down the line. Well, cool. Um, well, I guess that's that's all for this week, and uh, we'll be we'll be back next week. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Again, my name is Emma Loggins, editor in chief at Fanbolt.com. I am Groot, <laughs> <laughs> and I am the owner in chief editor of Shakefire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney from Last One to Leave the Theater.com and ATLCW.TV. See you guys next week.